Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to another uh, Conversations podcast, and I'm Jeff Stott, the pastor at Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri, and uh, as always, I've got Billy Johnson with me today, and um, uh, we're going to be talking about the fifth stage of spiritual growth. And we're almost, we're, we're there. I can't believe it. This yeah. is part six. Uh, seems like we started this a year ago. I'm sure the listener can't believe that we're there either. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> We uh, we have made it this far, and um, uh, it's been an interesting journey. And so now, before we get started, I want to uh, uh, say a couple things. First of all, sometimes I'm asked about resources, mm-hmm. studying the Bible and those kinds of things. Sure. And they say, and I'm asked, you know, okay, what, Jeff? What do you use? Okay, one of the resources I use is called Precept Austin. Okay, Precept Austin. Precept, P-R-E-C-E-P-T-A-U-S-T-I-N dot org is where you want to go, preceptaustin.org. And it is a um, massive website that covers just about every verse in the Bible. Oh, wow. And what they do is they they have, uh, they don't create anything, they collect everything. Oh, okay. So what they've done is they have uh, resources from various um, um like Greek dictionaries, Hebrew dictionaries, stuff like that. They'll break down words for you. They, they take it from other sources. And I mean, they tell you the sources. They also have um, s- uh, snippets from other commentaries in there. Sure. And they just break it down verse by verse, word by word. Okay. So <clears throat> sometimes you might have, you know, they'll go in. I mean, it might have a lot on one verse and maybe not on another. But they're constantly collecting stuff. And so, <clears throat> and... Uh, it would be considered a conservative, theologically conservative website. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyway, it's a resource I use quite a bit. I go to it quite often. Um, uh, love it. I don't know. It has a weird name. I don't know why it's called Precept Austin. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of a, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's a story behind it. And I haven't I haven't dug that out. But anyway, if, uh, now, but you do have to read. I mean, this is, don't when you go there, don't think of it like a blog site. Right. Or like a commentary, like a book. Because, I mean, it's literally just you know, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste from different sources. You know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. And, um, uh, but you'll, you'll, you'll see what I mean when, when, you know, if you go there and check it out. So if you ever have a question, so here's what happens when people say, Hey Jeff, I don't understand this verse, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, Oh, it's a complicated verse. Mm-hmm. I will tell them, go to precept Austin, type in what you're typing the verse you're looking for. Read that. If that doesn't answer your question, then come back to it. See, that's actually good to hear. In my discipleship group, we're getting ready to start in Ephesians. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking for some resource or some way to extract more out of the verses. So, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, Precept Austin is a a good research resource. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to use that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so last week we were talking about at the beginning um, the word for the year. Yeah. And my word is enthusiasm. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was enthusiasm. I thought yeah. encouragement for a moment. No, it yeah, was no. enthusiasm. Yeah. They both begin with E. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. Um, and I had mentioned this guy named Brad. 
yeah. that his last year his word was intentional. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, last night I had uh, my discipleship group, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, Russ, said you got a new word for the year?" He said, "I do." Okay. I said, "Well, what is it?" Yeah. And uh, his new word for the year is discipline. Ooh, ooh, now that's see, twenty twenty four is going to be rough. That's going to be rough on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And so, uh, and I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He said, "Well, he said I want to be more disciplined at this and this and this and this." And so, yeah. it, you know, you know, he listed some things, and um, and so that's going to be his uh, word for the year. So he went from intentional to discipline, uh, which those are I think cousins of each other. Absolutely, but yeah. you know, obviously yeah. God's working on something, and yep. those words mean something to Him. So, uh, uh, and I was uh, in applying my word enthusiasm I, I, this morning. I, I got up and I said, "All right," I said, "I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to do everything with enthusiasm." So what I, what I, when I take when I, mentally I'm trying to do something when I make a shift to doing something different in the day. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna do this with enthusiasm. Okay. Whether it's podcast, yeah. Whether it's cleaning the house, going to the gym, returning phone calls. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And enthusiasm doesn't have to have to be you know you know hoorah 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 loud and you know but it's a I'm, yeah. I'm all in. Enthusiasm means I'm all in on. It'd it. be much funner though if you yeah hoorah you hoorah hoorah jumped around, jumped around like a maniac and, yeah, like a maniac enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. like some kind of fanatic <laughs> yes like fanatic you know, yes yeah most people think of enthusiasm like you know the fan up the stands going nuts right he's very right. enthusiastic about his about his team you know sure so. sure all right one other thing real quick before we get started so last time I talked about this teal Bible you did you remember and we kind of yep. laughed about it. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, uh, you know, in the front, I wrote, you know, Dear dear, dear Jeff. And at the very back, you know, after Revelation, wrote Love God kind of thing. Well, um, I still have the Bible. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I went down, dug it out. Sure. At least I thought I had the Bible. And I did find it. I haven't looked at it in, I mean, years. Yeah. It's sitting on a shelf down in the basement. Sure. And uh, now remember, I'm 55 years old. Okay. This is from my college days. Okay. Okay. I can't wait. So, all right. Now, it's faded out, but I brought it with me into the studio. Yes. So, here it is. I see it. All right. Is that uh, duct tape? Yeah. One, on one, it? Okay. Why don't you describe what you're looking at? Okay. May I? To the, to the listeners. Okay. So, what I am holding on to what appears to be a book from the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> The, so and that's no joke. That is not even a joke. This is something you'd see on like Antiques Roadshow <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Now, I have to also, before I go into this, yeah. I have to tell the listener. So I came into the studio today and I told Jeff, I said, look, I'm in a good mood. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to say on today's <laughs> podcast. So just bear with me, listener. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, what I see is, is I see a uh, a a thin... You know, I mean, it's it's not as thick as some of today's Bibles or whatever. It's got pretty small mm-hmm. uh, uh, words in it. Uh, it is, it's got your name on the front right-hand corner. The exterior of it's pretty worn. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's pretty worn. There is what appears to be some quality, quality duct tape on the spine of it, yeah. holding the whole thing together. Yep. Then, I'm a little bit concerned about opening it. Yeah, it's a... Uh, so, yeah, so then, hang on a minute, let me get to the, let me get to the, so then I open it up to Genesis, 
Uh-huh. And right above where it says the beginning, it says, Dear Jeff, comma. Yeah, I see there. Yep. See? And then, if I go all the way back, whoa, it, I, I don't want to handle it too. Yeah, it's it, a little fragile. It feels, yeah, it, it feels fragile, doesn't it? It definitely does. It feels like something you'd find at the Smithsonian Institute. Well, yeah, and that's not yeah. even an insult. This thing has got yeah. some miles mm-hmm. on it, for sure. You have definitely got all it. the good out of it. Yeah. Uh, and then, let me go to the very, here's the very last page. Uh-huh. Now, what does that say? See, now, I made a mistake last week. You did. I did. You did. It says, your Lord, comma, uh-huh. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Right right below. Even though I wrote it. In my mind, when I wrote it, I was thinking love. Well, sure. But uh, well, but I think it still holds the same context. It still holds the same thing. You know, right? but, it made uh, it very personal. But, yeah, this thing is... <clears throat> I, one of the most endearing things about this thing is it, is, it has clearly weathered the storm... <laughs> And it has clearly been something that you have packed all over the place yeah, and used yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, if somebody hands me a pristine Bible, it's like, oh. ah, how many times have you opened that? Yeah. This one's been opened a bunch. And also, this thing I saw uh-huh. in the beginning, man, it was marked up. I thought. Mm-hmm. Didn't I see it marked up? Well, yeah, yep. Depends on where you're at. Right here in oh, Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, it's marked up. Like and that, the ink... Yeah. Is fading. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Uh, and then you wrote something. Oh, yeah. That's faded out. I, I see G-O-D. Yeah. So, I presume God. Yeah, and then there's some other word that has completely faded out that you wrote on the edge of the pages. Do you recall did. what that would have mm-hmm. been? It says God's word. That's oh, does it say, say God's word? Right. Oh, there's a piece of it that just came off. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to hand this back yeah, to you. Yeah. You, need yeah. To, you need to wear white gloves like they do at Smithsonian. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, Absolutely. So I got a story about that. Please do. Please okay. share. Yeah, I got a story about everything. <laughs> I know. Or a thought or a <laughs> or theory. A thought, or a theory. Yeah. Um, I was in college and um, um, I had lost it. Okay. I lost the Bible. I don't. I didn't know where it went. Okay. So, uh, now remember, I'm, I'm getting a BA in Bible. Mm-hmm. I need a Bible. Yeah, this is, this is pre-internet. Yeah, it's generally good to have one with you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so, um, and I was thinking about buying another one. I think a week or two went by, and obviously, you know, you can check the, you know, at the library; they had Bibles there, so I could check one out and just, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And so, <clears throat> um, um, and so, for you, for you younger listeners, a mm-hmm. library is a place they store a bunch of books. <laughs> Almost like the internet, but a real yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. internet yeah. in real life. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, I lived in uh, the dorm called Landon Dorm. Okay. And uh, back then, nobody had cell phones. And so, we had, a we had uh, if you wanted to get a message to me, you'd call Landon, okay? And you could leave a message, and there would be a person at the front desk, and everybody had their own little mailbox. Uh, or box, sure. and um, and they put messages in there. And if we get anything mailed to you, it would be they would put it in that you know that room though, because I, I don't even remember what room number I had. But anyway, uh, so one day I come in to Landon, I'm checking my box, and there's a little note, and the note said, "Please call Officer So and So at the police station." I thought, <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> what's up with that sure now what in the, what's going on so uh so i called him i said hey this is jeff side i had a note to give you guys a call what's up and he said well he said uh 
there was a guy walking down the railroad tracks and came across your Bible. What? Yeah, I said, what? He said, yeah, he, and uh, it was like a homeless guy. <laughs> a homeless guy. There's some railroad tracks outside of town. That's where the tracks are. And he was walking down the railroad tracks, and uh, this hobo <laughs> yeah. came across my Bible, and he, and he decided to take it to the police station. I should say, let me put it this way. Okay, okay I'm filling in the gaps on this one. Okay. Somehow. Yeah. It ended up at the police station. It ended up at the police station. Sure. Okay. Now, I'm sure. not saying the guy took it there or he was taken there. Sure. But he had it. Okay. And so um, he said, if you want it, you can come get us. Oh, yeah. I'll be down there in a little bit. I'll, Absolutely. I'll get it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're talking, again, we're talking a couple of weeks missing at this point. And... Um, the only thing I can think of how it happened, this is the, at that time, is this. I may have set it on top of my truck. Oh, okay. And it fell off somewhere. Sure. You know, on the drill tracks, somewhere somebody picked it up. Uh, but anyway, I don't, I don't know really because it's, it's a weird story because it has to go get on the railroad track somehow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, so anyway, uh, now you described the, the, the Bible, how it looks. I want to tell you, when I pulled this thing off the shelf um, yesterday, yeah, when I was looking for it, I looked at this and I thought, oh, my word. I felt nostalgic for a little, a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, it takes you back. Yeah. You know, you're looking at like old photographs. Kind sure, of sure. <clears throat> and, uh, but however, I feel like that Bible represents my life and probably a lot of people's lives. I mean, man, it's held together by duct tape. Yes, sir. But now the content is important. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's on the inside. Yes. It's significant. It may not look that great on the outside, but man, on the inside, there's a lot going on there that's significant. So anyway, I thought, I thought, well, all right, Lord, that's, a, that's a, I'm going to take that as a blessing. Because I, I, wish, I, wish, I wish we were still on camera like we used to do it. Yeah. Because this way I can just hold up and let people show it. Because, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's on its last leg. <laughs> you, know you know what's crazy? Yeah. I thought you were just going to pull out the Bible and tell me a cool story. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to feel. <laughs> feel something. All of a sudden. Feel incredible. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, you're just real good at this, Jeff. <laughs> I'm just real good at this. No, that's incredible, though. Oh, and for you to put that together, mm. you know, it's like, mm. man, I'll tell you, it is worn out. It is. I am looking at this thing. It, from where I'm sitting, I can't even tell it's a Bible. It yeah, just looks no. like an old book. It looks like an old book. Yeah, I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so. Yeah. But you're right, man. It, it's like, we, we go through life and... <clears throat> At some point, we're held together by duct tape. We're worn on the outside. Mm-hmm. We're marked up. We're all those things. Right. But the content. Yeah. It's it's not all those exterior things. No. It's the content that yeah. matters. Yeah. So, um, and I will say that when you know the older you get, the more beat up you feel. Yeah. The more duct tape you've got on. The more yeah. duct tape you got on. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul, at a much greater level, much greater intensity, he described himself this way. He says, you know, we, you know, he says, I've been abandoned. Yeah. In prison, left half dead, you know, beat up, robbed twice, you know, and he goes to all this stuff, you know, and then he talks about uh, Christ in him at the end. 
and it's all wow. worth it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, when I pulled when I when I pulled it off the shelf, that was one of the first thoughts I had. That's incredible. Because I forgot. What, I mean, I knew it was duct taped and beat up, but sure. <clears throat> but you know, you see things differently at 55 than you do at 35. Well, let me tell you. While I was holding that, by, the the outside cover is becoming brittle. Yeah, it is. And while I was holding it, just a tiny little piece of it came off in my hand. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it came off right in my hand. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so it's held together by duct tape. It's marked up. Mm-hmm. It's falling apart. Mm-hmm. And none of that, none of that means anything. Right. It's all about the content yeah. inside of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think most Christians start <clears> off <throat> like this Bible. Yeah. Uh, people can't see it. Um. But this is the one I, I preach from now. Mm-hmm. You know that, uh, well, I say, this is the one I take to the podium. Sure. Okay, up front to the, on the stage. Sure. And um, because most of my Bible reading is like a lot of people, it's online. Sure. Yeah, I'm just reading off my phone, off the screen, whatever, you know. And, um, but um, this one's neat. Looks like it's never been used. Yeah. <laughs> but I've already I've already had this one few years sure you know sure but uh but don't look like that don't look well like but that one. someday it may someday it may you know that's right it just has to get dropped on a drill track and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. get lost and get found i'll tell you what i i i identify with that story <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so uh we are talking about um the spiritual parent today and we have journeyed all the way through uh stage one the spiritually dead uh stage two the spiritual infant stage three Spiritual child, stage four, spiritual young adult. And today we are into the spiritual parent, which is stage five. And um, now when we're talking about the spiritual parent, we're we're actually talking about rare air. Um, Most believers don't make it here, okay, and uh, for various reasons. But many do. Um, And I thank God that many do. No, no doubt. Okay. Um, and um, there are no perfect spiritual parents. We need to throw that out immediately here, okay? Because, I mean, even just as a parent. Correct. So, you know, some parents do it better than others. Yeah. But they're still parents, okay? They still understand the process. Um, <clears throat> and when we're talking about the spiritual parent, we are talking about uh a person who understands the spiritual growth process. Okay, so a spiritual parent is someone who thinks like a good dad or a good mom spiritually. And we're going to unpack this here in a minute. And they know how they treat, even if they have four or five kids, there's some common denominators on how they treat them, but they understand that each one is at a different stage. Sure. That one's four, that one's seven. That one's 13. That one's 21. You see what's, you know? Absolutely. So you're not going to talk to them all the same. You're not going to have the same expectations on them. You're not going to have the same demands for them. You follow what I'm saying? Sure. And uh, by the way, uh, okay, so I've got this four-year-old, seven-year-old, and I am constantly having to tell the seven-year-old that when the four-year-old says something that makes no sense, (laughs) you don't have to correct her every single time. So right now, Natalie is in is in the, uh, you know, you know she'll say, "Emma, that's a lie. That's not true." And I go, "Natalie, that's she's not lying. That's her perspective. Sure, that's how she sees it." 
You know, she's four years old. Sure. She's just letting her know the world's a big old ugly place, and she's just trying to get her ready <laughs> yeah, for it. She's yeah, four. Yeah. She's about ready to move out, Jeff. And by the way, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I got to thinking about this. Uh-huh. Back to that spiritual child stage, I think another indicator of a spiritual child is they're constantly correcting everybody else. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. If you're around somebody who feels the need to correct over little things that don't matter all the time. Yes. Yeah, you're probably around a spiritual child. But when it comes to Bible knowledge, you know, like when a sure. spiritual child, whether 25, 35, 45 years old, you know, a spiritual child is going to feel the need to correct people way too much. Yes. Because they know it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, they've they've been, you know, some new spiritual children been doing it 10, 20 minutes. I mean, what is it? I mean, they, they can go out there and correct folks. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, they're just trying to spread the spread the truth. Well, this Jeff. morning I was taking Natalie. Um, okay, there's no school today yeah. because of weather. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, I have some, a lady that was watching them today. And so uh, so I can do this and other sure. things. Sure, sure. Um, and I said something about, I said, now do you think I'm a good driver? Because she's always correcting my driving. I'm oh, no. seven-year-old. Oh, no. Correcting my driving. Are, are we going speed limit? I'm going, <laughs> yes, we're just speeding up to the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, it's like, and, and if a car puts on the brakes too early, you know, like, you know, or quick in front of me, and then I have to slow down because, you know, they unexpectedly stop yeah. or whatever. She'll say, you almost hit them. I said, well, because they, I said, no, I didn't almost hit them. We didn't go. <laughs> I said, yeah, you did. You almost. I said, no, they are the ones that stopped. And you're having to have this conversation with a seven year old, like convince her that you're not out of control. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm safe. A, I'm a good driver. You're so, safe with me. Yeah. So this has been going on for weeks. And That's so, crazy. Yeah. And then the other day, somebody was in the truck. I can't remember who it was. Somebody was with us. And Natalie says, I don't feel safe when dad's driving. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever had a wreck? No, but you, you just drive too fast, and you just you just don't know how to drive. But I'm thinking, Nellie, seven you, year old. Yeah, so here's the thing: a seven year old shouldn't even have those concepts. I'm beginning to wonder if you really aren't a bad driver. See, and, well, and so she's you know picking up on that. Uh, now here's the deal: that's odd that you say that. Yeah, because I've had the same thought. Yeah, have you? I'm thinking because she doesn't care about driving. I am I am I. Have I turned into a bad driver? I hung out in the back. We had a Buick, uh, maybe a Regal or something. Mm-hmm. And it, in the back glass, there was this flat spot. I used to crawl up there and take a nap. I was never concerned about my parents crashing head on no. into anything. So if your seven-year-old is uh-huh. concerned about your braking habits, <laughs> you might want to reevaluate, Jeff. And I, I don't mean to be critical. Yeah. But I mean... Some you know out of the mouth of, out of the mouths of babes. Okay, there you go. All right, all right. <laughs> just yeah, think I'm about just it. have to think through this. Yeah. Know? All right. All right. Anyway, so I think spiritual children will, you know, correct a lot. I mean, you'll yeah. see that. All right. So, but we're not talking about that. we're talking about spiritual parents today. Um. All right. So stage five, spiritual parents. Um. In the final stage uh, of spiritual development. We become spiritually mature enough to reproduce disciples. That's one of the differences between a spiritual young adult and spiritual parent. Um, this particular group in stage five helps others grow in the truth. I mean, with more intentionality and in understanding the process. And uh, so, we are using the term parent rather than adult 
because it communicates a reproducing and raising principle in discipleship. Right. Okay, spiritual young adult, are they doing discipleship? Well, yeah, they are. I mean, uh, but they're, they're thinking more about going to the Bible study, going on that mission trip, sharing the gospel, you know, growing in the word, living, living the word out, you know what I'm saying, blessing people, serving people, you know what I'm saying? They're not really thinking about leading someone to the Lord and, or, and hanging with them for a while and help them grow. Sure. They don't have a sense of responsibility uh, for that person. Okay, so uh, here, okay, let me describe it this way. Here's the difference between spiritual young adults spiritual parents. And I'm glad you are because I was gonna I was gonna yeah. dig into that a little bit. Okay, so <clears throat> Pam and I have four biological children. Okay. Yeah. Um I have been blessed to be able to be in the room with every birth. Yeah. Okay. Uh each birth is completely different by the way. It was just kind of a strange thing. You think they'd all be pretty well, yeah, it seems like a standard procedure. Yes, but but for, but they are but different. Us, I was, agree. Was I different. was in there with both my kids. Right. Yeah. I agree. So, um, so, um, but here's something that's very common with all of them. In the room, here's what you typically have. Here's what we had. I'm there. Pam's there. Obviously. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. And then, I was making some presumptions, but right. I'm glad you cleared it up. All right. Couple of nurses. Yeah. A doctor. We're all in this birthing room, okay? And uh, so there's what? One, two, three. There's five adults in that room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three of them are all about helping giving birth to this child. Okay. They have no sense of responsibility to raise this child. Right. At all. There's two that do, and there's three that don't. The spiritual young adults are the doctors and the nurses. Wow, okay. Yeah. The spiritual parents, well, that's the mom and daddy. Now, the way you know that you're a spiritual parent is that you sense this overwhelming responsibility to help people move through the stages. If you don't have that, you're not a spiritual parent. Your spiritual young adult, which is good. I mean, spiritual oh, young yeah. adults. I mean, based on what we talked about last time, yeah, that is, uh, man, that's significant, man. Oh, you, they're you, awesome. Yeah, you're overcoming the evil one. You're deep in the word. The word of God abides in you, man. You're doing it, man. They're out here throwing hooks and jabs uh, yeah, against the devil, God, man. Going, yes. you're solid. You're strong. Yeah, I need a bunch of you. Yeah, oh yeah, warriors you doing heavy, saying? heavy lifting yeah, for the some, Lord. You're doing some stuff. Yeah, it's strong is what the Bible calls. <clears> it. All right, so but the spiritual parent has this need to nurture people, help them grow, mature them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they, they walk with them through the stages of spiritual growth, the seasons of life, and they just deal with that spiritual infant as they become a spiritual child, as they become a spiritual young adult, and then they see them hopefully become a parent themselves, a spiritual yeah. parent, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and not everybody makes it there. What does it feel like? I, so, you know, I mean, I could go on for this entire podcast, uh, all the ways in which I think you're a good spiritual parent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, I won't bore the listener with all that good stuff. I'm sure I'll throw in a couple of things, but what does it feel like as a spiritual parent when you see someone hit 
that level. For you personally, what does it feel like? How do, how do you feel about that when you see someone reach that spiritual parent level? Okay, so I, I think I think Paul may have said it well. He was talking to some believers, Apostle mm-hmm. Paul. Yep. And he said, you are our crown and joy. He's, I think he's talking to the Thessalonian believers. I think he was expressing they had come so far. Yeah. They had grown so much. They had, Actually, the Thessalonian church, they had become a, an example. And even told them, you have become an example to other churches and believers. And I, I feel the same way. I mean, because I, I look at them and I think, man, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I was part of that process. Yeah. You know, so glad to watch them grow. You yeah. Know what I'm and see where they are and that kind of process. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't, it's hard to describe. I mean, uh, I bet, you know, I, I, bet, remember yeah. be, I remember being, I remember being young and parents would t- grandparents would say, there ain't nothing like being a parent. There ain't nothing like being a grandparent. I'm going, okay, whatever. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm sure it's wonderful. Yeah. It doesn't seem that exciting. You know, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Change the diapers. Love it. You know? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, but as I got older, I started thinking about, that kind of stuff, you know, and yeah. did, you know, and I, and I had my idealistic view of what it would be like to be a parent, um, you know, but then you become a parent and all those idealistic views go out the window. They sure and reality do. sets in. Yeah. And the same thing happens when you're a spiritual parent. I mean, there's a lot of joy to it. I mean, it is hard being uh, an actual parent. Yeah. Okay. It's also hard being a spiritual parent because you do have, as a spiritual parent, when you're ministering and helping people grow spiritually, you know, helping them go from point A to point B in their spiritual life, you know, you, you have to, whew, man, it takes a lot of patience and grace. And I bet it does because yeah, well, it's messy. Yeah, it's very messy. And you mm-hmm. see them make mistakes and they're making foolish decisions, you know. I sure. mean, I'm a pastor right now and uh, been doing this for 25, 30 years and uh, started off in the, uh, I was uh, a youth pastor way back when. And, um, <clears throat> you know, saw how people grew, you know, in that environment and then became a pastor and then watching, watching adults go through the same process. And sure. it's different. Sure. But, um, and, uh, it is great moments where you're just thrilled to death. You just, man, thinking, man, they've come so far. And then there's these moments where you go, I've wasted my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but what's that's that, the what, reality you know? of it, yeah, too. Because Especially the, when you're dealing with humans. Right. When you're a spiritual parent, you're going to sacrifice. Uh, the spiritual young adult sacrifices. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Sure. Uh, the spiritual parent sacrifices even more. Okay. And the payoff is greater, but at the same time, the pain is greater. Because yeah. when they don't grow. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You, you get... You're not sure what to do, you know, because you go through, you know, as a, from a human perspective, I do. There are times where I go, man, God, thank you for letting me be a part of that journey with them. And then there are times saying, Lord, uh, I don't want to be in this journey with them anymore. Yeah. It's too painful. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, and, then another, being, and then being mature enough to listen to the Lord when he says, hey, I need you to keep riding. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the thing is, there are times where, I mean, the Bible talks about you, there are times where you have to let some folks go. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And, um, but yeah, it, but most, but mostly it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I part, when people ask me about what's my favorite part of being a pastor, one of the things I'll mention is watching people grow. Yeah. Especially over time. But now I will say this, 
I wish God would have had me start Genesis Church 30 years ago. <laughs> sure. I wasn't ready. I mean, I get it. Right, you know, right. All that kind of stuff. There's a time for everything. Right. But. but, you know, and I'm I'm thinking I got 15 more years. Sure. Maybe. You know, that put me at 70. Whew. You know, man, that, that does, 15 years don't sound that far away when I say 70. It's it, And it's not. No, it's, it's not, not that not. far away. Yeah. I'm about to get really old really fast. Yeah. So, uh, but however, I, I'm thinking, man, you know, I've I've been here now. Actually, I have been here uh, in Mexico. I've lived here longer than anywhere else I've ever lived. I thank God for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for real. And I don't I don't want to uh, I don't want to move. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm done with all that. Um, but uh, but one of the blessings about being somewhere for like ten years. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, that's how long I've been here. Ten years came moved here in 2013. Uh, is that you have ten years of watching people grow spiritually? Sure, you know. Sure. Um, which, by the way, you know what the average uh, stay for a uh, pastor is at a church? The average? How I long? don't. Just take take a wild guess. I, we'll see. Uh, average stay for a pastor at a church. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that popped in my head is three years. That was the first thing. Mm-hmm. I want to say 15 or 20, but I just don't. Yeah, right. the, the fact that you ask the question, ask the question means that 15 something. or 20 is not. No. Okay, so um, it's about 18 months. Wow. Yeah. Now, okay, here's the deal. Yeah, and that has changed a little bit. That has increased uh, based on the research coming in. Yeah. Because of the, a lot of churches are going away. Now, this is, sounds no, not spiritual at all, but no. a lot of churches are going away from the parsonage, where part of the package is they provide a house while he's there. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. in that context, it's easier for them to leave. They don't have to sell a house. There's sure. There's no rent contract. There's nothing. Sure. You know, um, and so a lot of churches uh, uh, now they just they just pay the pastor and he buys a house or rents a house right yeah and that causes him to stay a little bit longer now why do Isn't you think i mean so you said 18 months why do you think that is man is there just a well because dealing with humans and and it's messy and difficult or do do you think it's that or or which i'm sure it's a combination of several things obviously but uh i mean why do you think that is or is that too deep of a topic to even jump into yeah it's too deep that's fair that's fair. Yeah. I could see the I could see the look on your face, man. You were in your head thinking about it, and it's like, yeah. eh, my, yeah, we that might be a whole nother podcast. It would be, yeah, because uh, there's there's it's very complicated, sure, uh, very multifaceted, you know, and it's the reasons are all the ones listed above. That would you know, it's like you, yeah. you know, checkbox, yep, you know, all the what's all the above, yeah. So you, we'd have to walk through, you know, there's some issues on the pastor side, sure, his issue. And then there's some issues that come with the church. Sure. You know, that we'd have to talk about. Mm-hmm. And why why do why 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 do pastors why are they gone in, why are they divorced from the church in eighteen months? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. What, what's happening here? Sure. You know, sometimes they leave, sometimes they're let go. You know, sure. maybe it's time for you to leave, you know, it's not a good fit, blah, blah, blah. So why why is that? You know, there's a lot of reasons behind yeah. that. And that's been studied out the wazoo yeah. on that. And there are some legit reasons and, and there's conferences pastors can go to to help work through all that. But, sure. Yeah. Uh 
Spiritual parents. Yes, yes. I, I have a tendency to derail us. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, Bible. So let's talk about what the Bible says about this. All right, so the first scripture we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. And it says, um, okay, so Paul is writing to the Corinthians. He's writing to some believers, and he says, oh, by the way, in the Corinthians, generally speaking, um, are spiritual infants and spiritual children. I was going to say, it's my understanding they were, they were believers, but they were messy. They were extremely messy yes okay um so he says this <clears throat> i'm not writing this to shame you okay that's interesting throughout the gate yeah, which i love that yeah i'm not trying to embarrass you i'm yes. not trying to shame you i love that i'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you that's not what i'm trying to do here because obviously he knows that this is what it's going to feel like sure okay and he's written a bunch of stuff that would embarrass them is what he's and he said look i'm not writing this to shame you but to warn Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But to warn you, as my dear children, he's taking ownership. Yes. You see what he's doing here? Yes. Listen to the language. Mm -hmm. Every word matters. <clears throat> For you can have 10,000 instructors in Christ, spiritual young adults. There's a lot of them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But you can't have many fathers. Whew. All right. For Man. I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Meaning, I led somebody out of the Lord. Yes. I was there when it happened. Shared the gospel, you became a believer. Therefore, now look at this. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Okay. <laughs> um, that sounds like a dad talking. Yep. A good dad. Absolutely. Yeah. Not the dad who says, do what I say, not what I do. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Therefore, I urge, let me just read this thing, then we'll come back and one. Okay. Back. Yeah. Because therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is why I have sent Timothy to you. He is my dearly loved and faithful son in the Lord. This is all spiritual parent language. Oh, yeah. A lot of parent language yeah. here. He will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Consistency through. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay. Uh, what jumps out at you before I unpack this thing a little bit? What, what, anything grabbing you out of this? So here, I get this sense of Paul really trying to emphasize that he's opening up his heart. Like, man, just this deep sense of care. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, this, the, the, the whole, as my dear children, I don't know why, but when you said that, I got goosebumps on my legs. I, I, don't, I don't know why, you know. And then he talks about, but you can't have many fathers. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, it seems like he's just, he's just really trying to make them understand, man, I'm coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. I care so deeply about you guys. And the whole idea, so I will say prior to getting hooked into Genesis church, the idea of caring about others to that degree was so foreign to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's been one of the most amazing transformations that I've felt that, that the Holy spirit has, has helped me with, mm -hmm. you know, so to, to care that much mm -hmm. about this group of people, you know, just kind of tear open your own chest and expose your heart to these people. Mm -hmm. That to me, uh, is incredible. It, it just, that's powerful. Yeah. That's something different, man. Yeah, I, is. That is just, yeah, that's something different. And I can't help but think 
So in, in the smallest of ways, I've got a discipleship group right now where I've watched some men come so far and I have such a deep, like, it is the strangest thing. To, so one of the men is older than me, right? One of my very best friends on this planet. And to watch him grow, I get overwhelmed with emotion. Hmm. And, and so, so even in my small <clears throat> little area, I couldn't imagine what it must feel like to be, to feel that way about all the, this big group right. of people and just have that much love. I don't know. It, man, it's just, it's so powerful because here's a guy who is just saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. You are messy. You are this, you are that, but I love you. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. So, so anyway, I think good spiritual parents, first of all, they don't shame. Yeah. Their spiritual children. They don't, yeah. they don't shame new believers, spiritual young adults, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, spiritual child. They don't, they're not in. Now, I have seen some preachers and some Christians, they try to shame people in, into obeying God. They try to embarrass them. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not There's gonna, enough shame they, yeah. and embarrassment out here. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, even though he's just dropped a couple of bombs on them in the first three chapters uh, about some issues they got going on. Sure. And um, and he's got he's got some more stuff he's going to bring up through, you know, the next several chapters in 1 Corinthians. I mean, 1 Corinthians is just one thing after another, yep. you know, dealing with some issues. Trying like to that. adjust and bring to light right. some pretty serious issues. Yeah, very serious issues. And um, But he says, look, I'm not trying to shame you. Uh, but... But I think good spiritual parents, they, they, they will warn their children. Yeah. You know, and there are times where, you know, as a parent, uh, you know, you sit down with your kids and say, look, uh, I'm, you're, you're, this is a, a I, I need to give you this warning. You may not use the word warning. Sure. Caution, concern, whatever you want. But you're having this conversation with them about something that they're doing that could potentially turn into something very harmful for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Yeah. And spiritual parents do the same thing. Yes. You know, and, um, but they do that because they feel a sense of ownership. Yeah. Responsibility for this individual. And care. And care. So some people don't like the idea of ownership or responsibility because, hey, we're adults. We don't, right. you know, we, we're responsible. Well, now this also comes from a place of, of deep-seated love and yeah. caring for this human. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, not doing it to be bossy. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. There, there is, it is a very thin line, but there is a huge difference between trying to correct somebody because, because you think they should be doing something different versus trying to correct them so they don't end up hurt. Right. And, and here's the thing. You can't be, okay, when you take a look at Paul, even though he's talking to them as a group, and as a group he feels like a spiritual father to them. Uh, but then he mentions individual, uh, one individual, Timothy. Yeah. Um, so was it, because I'm ignorant to that, was Timothy, was he kind of running the show around there uh, before this? Or is this like he just kind of put him like Timothy will be here in my steed while I go out and do other things. Is that is that what occurred? OK, so he, here's OK for you personally. Yeah. Uh, here's how this would look. Um, I'm Paul, you're Timothy. Timothy got saved later. Yeah. And uh, Paul helped him grow. Yeah. Actually, Timothy's mother and grandmother had a significant influence on, according to uh, First and Second Timothy, when 
Paul is writing to Timothy about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, he reminds him of his grandmother's influence on him to bring him to the to the Lord. That's crazy because my grandma Johnson. Isn't that funny? That is insane. Yeah, it is insane. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. I'm tired of having goosebumps. Right. Here. And so Timothy began to grow spiritually. <clears throat> yeah. And then Timothy became a leader in the church, and eventually uh, Timothy was. You're not my right hand man. Sure. But Timothy was basically Paul's right hand man, where uh, Paul would send Timothy on various things to other churches okay, as yeah. a representative. Because Paul was an apostle. I mean, this is, uh, you know, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He influenced a lot of churches. He was a church planner. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we're talking about the apostle Paul. Right. And so, right. <laughs> okay. But, but, old Paul. but if you dumb it <laughs> down a little bit, sure, sure. just for your understanding, Timothy, that's who Timothy was. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and Paul was, act, he had been a spiritual father to Timothy, helping him to basically, he was, had been training and leading him to grow spiritually through the stages and where he became a spiritual parent himself. Timothy became a spiritual parent. You are my Paul. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that is and real. I feel some responsibility here, you know. Well, of course. Yeah, that's right. Of course. So don't don't mess it up. <laughs> Hold on a minute, though. Paul also <laughs> told the Corinthians he loved them, yeah, and yeah, he knew they were messy. Yeah, so, you know, right. if but you, don't, if you I'm telling just, you, uh, you know, oh, I'm not Paul. I don't get that I'm same not. grace. <laughs> 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 Understood. I was saying, don't mess it up. Because okay. um, you make me look bad. Yeah, no, you make me look bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, he says, uh, oh, let's see here. He yeah. Goes, yeah, I'm just looking. This is, I, mean, it's a, I mean, there's a lot. When it comes to spiritual parenting, there's a lot in this one little verse here. Sure. Um, let's talk about this little phrase, therefore I urge you to imitate me. Yes. Okay. So uh, rightly so, Christians have been told, yeah, you just point people to Jesus, man. Don't look at me, look at Jesus. Sure. And they quote John the Baptist. He must increase and I must decrease. That is absolutely correct. Okay? Right. <clears throat> uh, however, biblically speaking, when you look at other verses, balance it all out, mm-hmm. break it down, uh, spiritual children need Jesus with flesh on. Yes. Okay. And what that means is they need people like Paul, people like you, people like me, people like the listener. They they need someone to be able to see and hear and touch on what does it look like to follow Jesus. Yes. That's how what many, it sounds like. That's what it looks like. How many times, you know, does it talk about examples? Right. You know, be an example. And they, yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So it is, it is okay. And dangerous, yes. To tell someone, imitate me, right? Okay. Now they're not saying he's not saying imitate me and all my strengths and weaknesses. He says, no, look, my my pursuit, my passion for Jesus, yes. You know, uh, sharing the gospel, making disciples, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, imitate to, my desire for the Lord. That's right. Imitate my heart. Imitate yes. my direction of my life. Yeah. And so, and I do think we all need. Those people that we imitate. And I, when I say imitate, I mean imitate them. Oh, I assure you, okay. as a as a Christian who has yeah. done a lot of growth, yeah, yeah, needing having needing an example in front mm-hmm. of me that 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 I could see and that I could behave like, right, uh, has been important. Because here's what's going to happen: somewhere along the way, as you grow, you're going to realize you're not imitating anybody. You're you. Yep. Now early on, you're going to sound like, look like, dress like. People who influence you. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. 
as corny as it sounds, <laughs> I, remember, I remember being in college, and this guy came in. He was a, he was a chapel guy. Okay, every semester we had uh, four or five chapel services in a row during the week. That mm-hmm. was kind of like a, I didn't call it a revival. They called it something else on the campus. I don't know what they called it. But anyway, there's a guy would come in and he would speak for four or five nights, and <clears throat> and so um, we would go. Anyway, uh, God just showed up. I mean, it was one of the incredible. It was another story for another day, but incredible things happened. It was just like, I mean, I would say that was probably revival. I mean, like in the real sense, not yes. a revival meeting on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, God showed up, things happened. Yeah. And, um, but one of the things that was odd about this guy, which I really liked, and I have, so, and I end up, I, I never heard of this guy, but he had a couple of books. I went and bought a couple of books. Yeah. And I, and I still got them today. Oh, well, I think I do. I may got destroyed in that flood, that frozen <laughs> Flood thing, yeah. Anyway, or they uh, or they're downstairs with duct tape downstairs, on them. Yeah, you know, in my Smithsonian archive. Down. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, he was he would uh, when he was walking around campus, he he would whistle, yeah, like hymns or praise songs or something. And uh, well, after he left, a lot of the preacher guys got to whistling. They were walking around whistling. <laughs> I, I actually said the term ever how the other day. Ever how? I've never said that once in my life, but I've been hearing you say it forever. Ever how you listen to this ever or that? You, see, now you just said that. Because I know somebody put that on Facebook. It's a, what are things that yeah. Jeff says? Yeah. And when I saw, first saw that on Facebook a few weeks ago, I thought, mm-hmm. or a few months ago, I thought, do I, I, I was thinking, I don't say that. You sure enough do. You sure <laughs> enough do. I would not lie ever to you. How. The other day I'm telling somebody about this podcast. And I said, ever how you listen to podcasts? You I was like, oh, my. <laughs> the transformation is complete. See? <laughs> you become like the people you hang around. Oh, I tell you what. I, we're gonna, I, oh, I can't Lord. see you for a while. Yeah. You know, i gotta, got to let yeah. some of this well, wear hey, off. When I go back down and visit like, family and friends down in South Arkansas, mm-hmm. when I come back, everybody mm-hmm. can tell. Because my accent returns a little bit more. Well, you also say right on. Right on. Now, you got that from my wife. I did. Who got that from me. Oh, that's funny. Yes. Yeah, because so, I, I like that when, because I would say something to your wife. And yeah. And she'd say, well, right on. And I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it means, feels good. It, it, yeah, like, it means, I. it really means nothing. No, it doesn't mean anything at all. it acknowledges that you just said something to me. Right. And you were listening right on. Right. You know, right. It's just an acknowledgement of something. I, I'll give you a specific example. Yeah. So just, so you had your group last night. Mm-hmm. Tosh had the girls. Okay. Yep. Right. So, uh, so I see a Snapchat that the Tosh, Tosh and the girls uh-huh. are tie dyeing shirts in the sink. And I got them here today. Okay. Yep. And I immediately thought, well, our house is going to be stained with tie dye stuff. Okay. You know, because I mean, it's kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. And I just looked at the snap and I said, "All right, on." Right on. <laughs> and I just closed the snap <laughs> down and kept on working and and See? got home and there wasn't a. But yeah, it's yeah. just an acknowledgement of That's something. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but, but so I think one of the one of the things this little rabbit that we've chased. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does for us it proves or is at least evidence that we by nature are imitators. Yep. Yes, okay. and we will imitate good, and or we will imitate, imitate bad. bad. Right. So, and I think Paul understands that, of course. And so he says, "Look, imitate me on this." 
So I think spiritual parents understand the power of imitation and they know that the kids are going to pick up some habits from mama and daddy. No doubt. Spir spiritual parents the same way. So here's the deal. So, all right, spiritual parents and Christians that are going to be the spiritual young adults, you're, th you're listening to this and you're thinking <clears throat> about this kind of stuff, about influencing and having people imitate you. Okay, so as you get into the spiritual young adult stage, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be different. Yes. Yes. Than most believers because your, your fire, your passion, your hunger for God's word, ministry, service, sacrifice, you're, 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 you're beginning to breathe rare air. Absolutely. You know, firing on almost all cylinders. Right. When you become a spiritual parent, there's less of you up, up, up there. But what's happening is, is that, um, we have to realize that People will imitate us. Yeah. They're going to do it. Yeah. And how we pray. They, they, okay, here's the deal. They're going to ask, what translation do you use? You know why they're asking that? Because they want it. They see, they well, man, I want to be like him. Yes. So what Bible is he using? Yes. You know? I did that. Yeah. With you. Right. Well, and sometimes people ask me because they, they'll have the they'll have like a New American Standard. Sure. And they'll say, mine doesn't line up exactly. What, what sure. They're just doing that. But some are asking me, well, what Bible is he using? Because if it helps him, maybe it'll help me. It's exactly what I thought when yeah. I asked yeah, you. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and what's, and by the way, just to the listeners out there, see, that's a dangerous question to ask because I'm, I'm a complicated person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You are. Mm -hmm. um, because what I preach from is not really what I study from. Right. That's a big difference. Yep. Because I know you use several different translations right, yeah. at different yeah. times to get full context right. and all that. Yeah. I. Uh, so when I'm studying the Bible, I'm using more of a literal translations like the ESV or the mm -hmm. uh, CSB or um, the New American Standard Bible, you know, the, the, the stuff like that. And those are more literal and, but when I'm preaching, I use the NLT because of my target audience. Right. You know, so in my head, I'm coming from a little translation, but I'm explaining it from the NLT. Absolutely. Yeah. So you see, so, uh, so if you ask Jeff, stop, what Bible do you use? Don't ask that. Mm -mm. Ask what Bible do you preach from on Sundays? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It, make sure to clarify because yeah, that's uh, the difference. Yeah. Because who knows what that's answer right. you could get yeah, if right. you ask that yeah, first yeah. part. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, yeah, asking preachers what Bible they, uh, is a little complicated. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right. For some, for, for me, it is. All right. So, but what I'm saying is imitate, there's power in imitation. Yeah. And so, uh, when I was in college, so I'm going to, okay. Remember I was not raised in a Christian family. Uh, we started going to church later, uh, way behind the, when I went to college, even though I was getting a, a degree in Bible, I would still put myself as a spiritual child. I wasn't a spiritual infant but I was a spiritual child. Okay. And, um, and so I'm a spiritual child going to these classes. And there was some people there who had been raised in Christian families, went to church, solid churches. I mean, famous churches, you know what I'm saying? And they, they, they were just down the road. Did you feel out of place? Absolutely. I felt so, dumb. So what did you do? Find I, somebody to imitate? Well, I, well, at this point I knew the Bible said, uh, even the, uh, the, the fool, if he's quiet, <laughs> seems wise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people thought I was wiser than I was. Okay. And um, so, uh, but there was this one guy. Man, I really admired this guy. This guy was solid. He was a couple years older than I was when I got to college. 
And man, and he was leading people to the Lord. Man, he preached great. I mean, he was he was just he was different. He didn't he didn't date girls. He was all there to learn the Bible, do ministry. I mean, he was he was like, I'm all in on this thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And um, but every girl wanted to date him. I mean, he was one. Of, he was an athlete. He was, sure. Uh, he was uh, part of the athletic world there, and um, he looked at. He was like six five, six six. Those type of people look good, strong, Back athletic, then, smart, right. charming. That's right. I just. He drove a Trans Am. Oh, no. He had a Trans Am, too? Yes. Back then. T-tops? Yes. See? See? It's just wrong. It's wrong. Yes. Yeah. Some things are right. unfair in this world. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Um, uh, and we're not saying be all in with God so you can get no. a T-top Trans Am. Right. <laughs> yeah. But okay. But what I'm saying is, is that uh, we started doing ministry together and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I had, you know, I wanted to be involved in certain ministries and that he was doing, not because he was doing it, but just because that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But I also got the second aspect of, I got to be around this guy. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and, um, uh, and I would, ha- I, we'd be in class together, you know, not because we signed up saying we just happened to be in the same class together. And, uh, I'll be sitting there and I had no idea what the professor's talking about. <laughs> it's over my head. Yeah. All right. But this guy. Yeah. He's challenging the professor on what he just said. Right. Not arrogantly. Right. He is just, he's got a different opinion and he's questioning the professor on some things. And I'm just going, wow. And, and then next thing you know, for the next 20 minutes, he and that professor are going at it. Yeah. And I'm just going, he is, he's holding his own. Yeah. He's a heavyweight contender. He's a heavyweight contender. Mm-hmm. I want to be like this guy. Yeah. So I didn't have anybody like that in my life ever. So, summer shows up. You know, I've been exercising. I need some new clothes. Yeah. Guess who I started dressing like? <laughs> that yes, guy. sir. That guy. It was so... Okay, now, he and I, he was much more of an athlete than I am, but we had the same, at that time, we had the same sort of physical build. Okay. So, after the summer, the semester comes back, I'm back on campus. Uh, I'm walking across campus. Some somebody calls calls me by his name. Mm. You know why? Because you look like him. Because I look like him. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of my friends said something about it, and that's when I realized that oh, I made a mistake. This is not how you imitate somebody. Right. I'm, I'm learning. Of course. You know. And again, we're we're designed to imitate people. That's why. That's why teenagers will will dress like they're famous. <clears throat> That, that made their, yep. their their music stars. Yep. yep. They, they'll you know they want to imitate something that they someone who's they think is better and bigger and better than them. Sure. Hopefully they can be that way. Sure. So I mean the 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 desire to imitate someone is a good thing. Sure. Let's just find the right people to imitate. Absolutely. Okay? Right. Well, it, it, you know I I think about so within my household, my son Ethan, you know Ethan, and he uh he was young. I don't know. Somewhere between eight and ten, or maybe even younger. I don't know. He was a young kid or whatever. And I used to always talk about in the household that if we had issues in the house or there needed to be correction or whatever, we didn't need to tell anybody about that because that was family business, right? Like, hey, you know, we we correct in private, we praise in public, kind of thing. Well, I'll never forget. Uh, we were at a friend's house and we were hanging out or whatever, and this friend had heard that Ethan got in trouble, right? And said, "Well, Ethan, tell me about." why you got in trouble and he looked at 
this friend and said, I can't, that's family business. And just walked <laughs> off. And I thought, man, this kid's listening to what I'm saying. Okay. And and that's, so that's, that's true of your children. Yeah. That's true of the other Christians in your life, right. you know, that are, t- because here's the thing. We're all trying to imitate what we believe to be the best qualities of each right. other, generally speaking. Yeah. You know, uh, even, even the listener, whoever the listener is, no matter where they're at, there's somebody paying attention to the way you're behaving. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So once you kind of grow into that spiritual parent realm, mm-hmm. you, know, you got to be careful, you know, and yeah. at least be conscious of the fact that people are, are going to imitate that behavior. Yeah. And this goes, okay, a spiritual parent thinks it becomes more intuitive. They're not like going around intentionally, you know, thing. It sure. just comes and in, becomes intuitive that what we say, how we say it, somebody's always watching. Yeah. And I don't mean, I mean, I'm not talking about like living in a glass house. I'm right. not talking about that kind of pressure. It's just that a spiritual parent realizes their spiritual children. Because here's the deal. Most adults, not all, most adults will change how they talk when children are in the room. Absolutely. Because they know the children will imitate that right. same talk. That's right. And spiritual parents, they will talk the same way whether the child's in the room or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's because, a yeah, that's okay. a good example. A good parent. Yes. Because it's because that's who they want to be. Yeah. So as a spiritual parent, uh, this is why spiritual parents will um, they they make certain things habits. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like not, they don't do it perfectly, but what I'm saying is that they, they make things habits like, uh, you know, spiritual parents, they want people to see them at church, at the discipleship group, at life group. They want, they, you know, they want other people to see them reading the Bible, talking about the word. See, I like for, for me, I like, um, the girls to be around me when I'm reading a book. Yeah. Cause usually I'm reading a book that it's not, I'm, I don't read novels. Right. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with novels. That's sure. Just, I'm just not a novel guy. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've read, I think, maybe three novels in my entire life. Well, okay. <laughs> Two of them by the same author. Sure. And I skipped class to do it because I got sucked <laughs> in because it was really good. And I'll talk about that another day. But uh, um, um, but I, I want them to see me reading because I know that. Because here's the deal. Be honest with you. There are times where, I mean, I study so much. Mm-hmm. That at the end of the day, I don't want to study anymore. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same time, at the end of the day, that's when the kids are here. Sure. You know, and most parents are going to have their time in the Word or reading a Christian book when they're home. Right. When everybody else is around. Yeah. So there are things I'm doing just because I know I want the girls to see. Because Natalie's at the point now. She said, what are you reading? Oh, yeah. She's paying attention. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that way I can say, oh. I'm reading, and she doesn't. I say, "Oh, I'm reading the four views on salvation in a pluralistic world." Yeah. Yeah, I bet and she's just like, "Dad, that sounds says, Dad, incredible. That sounds interesting. Can you read that to me?" <laughs> yeah. No. So, uh, but anyway, um, but imitation is important, and so uh, that's one aspect of being a spiritual parent. Um, and when a spiritual parent can't be there, you know what they do? What? They provide somebody. Yes, he says. This is why I have sent Timothy to you. I can't be there. Yeah. But I sent Timothy. Um, that's what parents do. You know what? I can't be there, but you know what? I'm going to let Latasha watch the girls because I, yes. I got to do this other thing. Yes. And you find good people. Yes. Not just Absolutely. anybody. You find sure. good people um, to watch them because you know that they also are going to have an influence on them. Yeah. So I'm going to send you Timothy. 
And what's Timothy going to do? He is my dearly loved and faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus. Because you know why? Because we have the same goal in mind. Yes. Yes. We are on the same page. He's going to, you know, you're going to see me and him. You're going to see him and me. And because we got the same Lord, we're doing the same thing. Yes. I want you to learn. So, uh, by the way, parents, if you can, you got an option, choose your child care people very carefully. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Your babysitters very carefully. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I know sometimes you just kind of have to take what you got, but, um, you know. Yes. Be careful there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So another verse on um, spiritual parenting uh, is written to the Thessalonians, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, same guy wrote it. His name is Paul. He's writing to these Thessalonian believers. And here's what he says. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 7, he says this. Although we could have been a burden uh, as Christ's apostles, instead we were gentle among you as a nursing mother nurtures her own children. All right, he's using parent language to describe his relationship with them. Yeah. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, this is ex- very important. Yes. Not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become so dear to us. Then you jump down to verse 11. He says, as you know, like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Okay. He's talking about spiritual parents again. Mm-hmm. He's using that language to describe himself with his relationship with the Thessalonians. Um, first thing he does, he talks about being a mom. Okay. By the way, um, I think, okay, we we live in a world where, I mean, the gender issue. Yeah. It is out of control. It sure enough is. Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, I I mean, I understand we we can have, that's be another podcast. Sure. And I understand there are reasons, spiritually speaking, why it's out of control. Right. And, um, uh, which doesn't surprise me. You right, know, but we just gotta as Christian as Christians, we're gonna have to learn how to navigate in a very confused world. Yes, okay, that's just you know we're not gonna fi- we're not gonna fix this planet, <clears throat> right? Okay? But we can sure bring a lot of light into the midst, midst of darkness, okay? And so, um, but he says here he compares himself uh, to a nursing mother. Now, this is not an identity gender issue that Paul's talking about. Let me Correct. be clear here, okay? Yes, I appreciate that clarification. Yeah, he's not identifying as a mother. Correct. Okay, he's a he's he is using the idea of a nursing mother to help him understand how he views them. Yes. Okay. Now, to the men that are listening, you're gonna have you can't just be a man all the time. Right. There are times where you have to, as a spiritual parent, you're gonna have to be a nursing mother who nurtures her own children, which means a nursing mother is feeding that infant. Yeah. There's some people in your life who you you're gonna you're the one who's gonna provide the milk and the meat of God's word to that individual. Yes. That's what's happening here. Yes. Okay. And so you're gonna as a spiritual parent, that's how you think. You know, so he understands that there are some here, I'm gonna have to be gentle like a nursing mother. Because you don't just, you know, sling a baby around. Sure, sure. <laughs> right. Um by the way, uh there are, you know, there are some children out there who, or some people out there who've had, um, I mean, man, they, they, 
they had some hard lives as as an infant and as a child. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. Bad parents. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and even as an adult, I think some of you listening out there, you may be that spiritual infant, that spiritual child, for whatever reason you're listening to this. Um, and you need someone like a you need somebody in your life, spiritually speaking, that is like a nursing mother to you. Yeah. They need to nurture you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And they, you need someone there who, uh, who cares for you. Now, verse 8, he says something interesting here that I want to move on to real quick. He said, we cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our lives. Okay, he's sharing two things. Yes. Here's where I think parents go wrong. Okay. I think some parents are so Bible-driven, if you, if you will, that they're not sharing life with their kids. Right. Yeah. They're, they're making their, they're, they're, they're doing the family devotions. They're taking the kids to church. They are uh, forcing the kids to, you know, read the Bible, forcing the kids to memorize scripture, forcing the kids. I mean, just, it's all about, you know, their home is like a seminary. Yeah. Right. Right. Which backed up with a military mindset. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, but there's a big disconnect between the parent and the child. Well, it, it like you said, you know, it's like, so here's the thing. There's emphasis put on not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Yeah. You just, you know, you've said over and over again, every word counts. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason it says not only the gospel, right. but also our own lives. Mm-hmm. So there's those two things. You don't, you don't share one without the other right. if you're going to do it right. Yeah, you know you got to share them both. So yes, sharing the gospel and, and having devotions and all of those things, man, those are wonderful, great quality things to share. Mm-hmm. But it also says, but also with our own lives. Right. And so let's not forget that part too. Well, okay. So here, now, okay. So last night at the discipleship group. Yeah. Uh, okay. So okay. My discipleship group, we're now into the husband book. Yeah. You know, yes. I, I don't call it a marriage book because it's, I mean, it's about marriage, but it's about husbands. Yep. Okay. It's so, called The Complete Husband. husband if right. anybody wants to yeah. give it a whirl. Yeah. Any man yeah. out there wants to read it, God bless you. Yeah, get after it. Get after it because it's going to put a whooping on you. It's hard work. It's a great book. It's yes. It's very practical and uh, very much needed. I think every husband ought to read it. Me too. <laughs> so, um Anyway, well, so we started session one on that last night. Yeah. And um, the uh, one of the guys in the group asked me about the podcast. Yeah. And because uh, we were talking about, our, you know, our wives and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and and us. And he, and he said, he said, when he said, when you talked about what you and uh, Pam have been going through in that podcast sometime back where you basically interviewed me. And it was about the whole journey through the yeah. leukemia thing and yeah. cancer with the girls and all the all single parenting kind of all that kind of stuff. And so he said, uh, he said, he said, uh, he said, was your wife okay with you talking about all that? And I went, oh yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, she uh, she's very open about that kind of stuff too. You know, sure. I said, and uh, which the 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 question sort of surprised me a little bit 
because Pam and I have always been that way. We're very transparent, very oh, open. Oh, yeah. Because we understand yep. the power of sharing your life with people. Yes. And you cannot share your life with people without revealing things, and which is ironic because chapter one is about, you know. Revelation. About yeah, revealing yourself yes. to your spouse and your spouse revealing yes. themselves to you. Yeah. And that's how you build this intimacy. Okay, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and uh, I got away from that, and I was thinking, um, about that question. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I think that's, I think that's part of some of the struggles that I think some churches are having that I think people want others to reveal being yeah. transparent, authentic, all that kind of stuff. But in churches, I think some churches, you don't feel safe doing that. In right. some groups, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And when you come across a church that has a healthy, uh, transparent environment, you know, we're, we're not, now we're not standing up, you know, just telling every little detail, <laughs> right, you know, right. but, but, but when you're in a church that has that kind of environment, um, there, there is a, a weird safety and health to it. There's kind of, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that you can't put your finger on. And it doesn't it doesn't feel phony because a lot of churches feel phony. To be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I I struggled with that for a long time. Yeah, so did I. And I pastored, and I was a pastor of them. Yeah, some of those churches where you know, I mean, I felt phony. Really? Was, yeah. Back in the day when I was still trying to figure out how to, how to do this, you know, for me. Sure. And in the sense of how does how do I pastor? What does it look like for me to be a pastor? You know, because I'm still imitating people. You know, I'm trying yeah. to do it their way. Yeah. And um, and so, um, uh, but I do think we have to share. As spiritual parents, you're going to find yourself wanting or needing to share your life with others, meaning you're going to hang out with people and you're going to let them behind the curtain who you really are on some things. So is this the is this the part of the podcast where I start talking about how awesome you are? You know, uh, I'd never turn down an opportunity for somebody to talk about how awesome. Well, so let me, let me. <laughs> because the inner critic in me yeah. will take whatever you say. And twist and go, it around. Nah, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like well, lying. so let me say this, you know, and I, and I have, uh, I have been very open about this. So one of the things that has allowed, so I, I truly believe that God and the Holy Spirit and all that stuff kind of pulled us together, uh, and from my perspective, so that way you could teach me. Hmm. Okay, that, that's my perspective on it, right? So, okay. so, so I could imitate, and so that way I could learn and grow. And one of the things that I will say is, is that I do not have the capacity to open up to people if they will not open up to me. I, I like genuine, I like honest, I like raw. Mm -hmm. That's because that's the way I am. Right. And so had you not shared... So look, you know, I've, I've been going to a life group with you for years. You know, we went for years. I, I don't necessarily go now because I've got other groups and stuff that yeah. I'm part of. You went from a spiritual young adult to a spiritual parent. Well, you know, I'm, I've got some stuff going on, right? right? So, so, but, you know, um, and then, you know, we would talk after the group was over and you would always, there, there was always time, you know, always time for me to ask silly questions, always time for... For us to joke and for you to be honest and transparent and then you know we went through discipleship group together and man that is a that is a raw open process with a group of trusted individuals where right. you have to be transparent or it just doesn't work to the same degree you know and, and and i always felt like you were very open and honest and so 
I attribute part of my ability to, to grow um, was because you were transparent, mm. you know, as a spiritual parent. I mean, you, you know, you and I, we don't just come together and talk on this podcast. I and mean, when we, you know, we talk when the microphone goes off, we'll mm-hmm. talk and, right. and we talk about the things we struggle with and we talk about the things that we did well and all those things. And if it, if it wasn't for that sharing of your life with me, I don't think I, I'm not wired to grow unless I'm engaged like that. Now, obviously God knew that and that's why he put us together and all those things. But if you were hesitant you know, to be open and honest with me, then there's, there's no way I could be, I feel like there's no way I could, I could be where I'm at now. Now I, I imagine God would have figured something out, you know what I'm saying? Cause he, he sorts it out for us, but I'm just thankful that he put me with somebody that was willing to be honest and open. Now, look, now I'm sure there are parts of your life or things that you think about or whatever that you haven't shared with me. Well, that's fine. We don't have to, like you said, stand up and tell everything all the time like if we struggled with something or whatever you know we don't need that but but it's that open honest transparency that allows for growth and what Mm -hmm. i could say from a personal level if you hadn't been that for me then i wouldn't be sitting here right now Mm. i mean that's fact you know so uh Mm. so so i encourage anyone that's listening if you feel like your spiritual parent man being transparent is huge and if you're if you're not a spiritual parent, go find one. And when you find one, you'll know you got a hold of one. Right. You know, uh, they, they, the nonsense that I have talked with you over the years about and the way that you haven't embarrassed me, you've been gentle, you've been all of those things mm. that these two verses has talked about. Um, it's impactful. It's huge. So, so if the listener, if you're not a spiritual parent, go find you one. Right. If you are a spiritual parent... So first of all, take it very serious. And second of all, just understand that transparency is huge. Mm-hmm. Man, you you could take somebody from the depths of just nonsense and turn them into... I, life is better mm-hmm. because you were patient mm-hmm. for me. And even if... And, and, not, and it's not just me. You've done that for, I mean, countless people, right? Now, look, you're, you're a humble guy. You won't ever sit around. You'll give God the glory and all that stuff. I'm just glad that you were smart. Well, I'm just glad you were smart enough to listen to God and do what he told you to do in the manner in which he told you to do it. Not perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad you were a a listener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So so anyway, um, there's my little rant. The whole time I'm sitting here listening about the spiritual parent stuff, I'm not even thinking about me as a spiritual. I'm just literally just going over all the hundreds of different ways that you've been a good spiritual parent for me. You know, so I just, thanks. There you go. Thanks. Well here. Okay. So, uh, to the folks sitting out there who need a spiritual parent. Yeah. Um, I will say that there is probably a spiritual parent already thinking about you. Yeah. You just don't know it. Yep. And for the spiritual parents out there, um, go ahead and make an initiative. Yep. Go ahead. Just say, Hey, let's, let's meet together. Yeah. You know, and let's kind of go through some stuff, you know, and I think one of the easiest way to be a spiritual parent is this discipleship groups. Oh, me too. I mean, it's, you know, the hardest part is inviting the people, find yep. out who you want to invite, get them in. Once you get it started, you know, then 
it, it just sort of becomes more natural. Well, it kind of takes on a life of its own. It does. And, and the reason it does is because it's being driven by God yeah, yeah. and not us. Yeah, it's, God just yeah. seems to take over, get in a good yeah. discipleship group with people because God right. shows up and just absolutely snatches the wheel yeah. out of your hands and says, I'll drive this car. And if you want It's to, incredible. And if you want to know more about discipleship groups, scroll down, or go to our podcast site. Yeah. Scroll all the way down. Um, and somewhere down there, there is a discipleship group conversation you and I had. Yeah. And we talked about discipleship groups. Yes, yes. And then if you scroll even further down, when we first started this. Way down. Way down. Uh, then me and a guy by the name of Ben Schnipper, mm-hmm. we talked about it. Yeah. And um, about discipleship groups. Because Ben does it a little bit different than differently than I. And so, but it's the same concept. So anyway, there's two podcasts out there for you if you want to listen to more yeah. of what these discipleship groups are. Now, Genesis, we do have discipleship groups by invite only. But then we also have uh, life groups. It's a y'all come. Yep. And those are two different animals, two different purposes. Yep. Uh the end result's the same, but it's 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 there's it's two different environments Absolutely. for different reasons. So yeah. uh, for people to grow in. Um, so I'm not going to talk good about you anymore. I, I I've got more to say, <laughs> well, you know but I'm what? just I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna stop there. Man, but I'm, I hey, if anybody that. if anybody needs, <laughs> hey, just reach out to Jeff. Man, he's available. He's got all kinds of free time. I'll reach out yeah, to him, awesome. and uh, he'll guide you right, right through. Right on. Yeah. With that said, (laughs) the next thing I really actually want to talk about was uh, you can't be a spiritual parent to everybody. Correct. Okay. There are times where uh, I am a counselor for people. I'm not a spiritual parent. Sure. Okay. I'm that, you know, I'm that uh, temporary coach, that counselor, that one-time session. There you go. I was going to ask you what what you perceive as the difference between the two. Right. Yeah. There's a difference between a a dad and a coach. Dad can be a coach. Sure. Uh, but usually they're not, you know, uh, a mom can be a coach, but mm-hmm. usually they're not. So, um, I mean, you're going to have other people in your life who are going to help you grow spiritually. Uh, spiritual young adults usually fall into the category of like counselor, that advice person. Sure. Um, I mean, they're, even though they, even though a spiritual parent can, I mean, a spiritual parent does and can do everything a spiritual young adult does. Sure. Again, the difference lies in the ownership. Sure. Okay. The responsibility. Back to the hospital room. Yes. Okay. Yes. S- scenario. So, um, um, but there are certain people, in, if you're a spiritual parent, there are certain people in your life that um, God has placed in your life that he wants you to parent spiritually. Yeah. I mean, I there. agree. Right. Uh, now you just got to get with God and say, okay, God, who are they and how, how, do I, how does this look? Yep. How do I do this? Yep. Now, okay, I can already hear it. Well, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can spiritually parent somebody. Right. Well, okay, again, God provides all kinds of, everything in life is an object lesson. Absolutely. He created everything to point to him in some way, help us understand some truth of his. And uh, I want to tell you that if you're thinking about, being a spiritual parent, wanting to be a spiritual parent, but you've never really felt like you've ever been a spiritual parent at that stage. Uh, you're going to, you're going to say, I don't know if I can do it. Well, here's the deal in real life. Um, for me, uh, I, when I became a parent, yeah, was not ready. No, no. I wanted to be one. Yeah, I did too, but I was not equipped. I was not ready. I had no idea. No. Um, 
I didn't have a I didn't have a good example. Of, uh, I didn't have a, a father that was a good example. Right. So uh, I really didn't know how to be a Christian dad. I didn't know that kind of stuff. Um, man, you know, I had some ideas. Read a few books. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know, listen to a couple sermons. You know, and that kind of thing. You know, I, you know, read the Bible. Said, okay, it says this, that. Okay, but what does that mean in real life, right? So, but here's the thing. I think the best way to learn how to be a spiritual parent is just to be one. Yes. Just start it. And it's scary. It is. It's scary because you don't want to mess it up, right? It's important and this and that. But here's the deal. God has got built-in fail-safes. He knows we're flawed. That's right. He knows we're not going to be perfect. Right. And just uh, give birth and let's go. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, maybe before the podcast or or whenever, it's like, uh, you know, you've got a parent that, has a two-week-old child, they're not experts. No. You know, but give them time. Mm-hmm. You know, come see them in 20 years mm-hmm. and see what kind of knowledge and this and that. Now, part of, part of that is just showing up mm-hmm. and putting in the effort. Mm-hmm. You know, be there, feed, yeah. Yeah. you know, nurture, all those things. The effort. So listen, the Holy Spirit takes off and does of most of the heavy lifting. Right. We have got to get out of our heads that... Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't do it right, they're not going right. to heaven. Well, guess what? We have yeah. no ability to talk someone into heaven or teach them into heaven. That's that's God and the Holy Spirit and all that stuff, right? So we, we've got to quit concerning ourselves. Let God do God's work, and we do the work that God has told us to do. But do the work. Okay, when I lived in Alabama, mm-hmm. there was a church down there. I don't remember the name of the church. That is Marquee. Billboard, bulletin board, yeah. marquee, whatever. And they would put little slogans up there. Yeah. One day, uh, I'm driving, Pam was with me, and it said, God, all it said was, God needs you. And I said, Pam, we're in trouble. <laughs> we have taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> you know? If God needs me. Yeah. It's worse than I thought. The whole system's uh, not in good shape. Right, yeah. Yep. I, now, I think I knew what they were trying to say. Sure. But I'm thinking, no. Right. God don't. He's self-sufficient. He don't need anything or anybody. Get out of the way. God is coming right. through. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know? yeah. I think a lot of times, I think we put way too much importance on ourselves sure. in this process. We're just a vessel. We're a tool. You know what I'm saying? We're yep. we're just one person that God's going to use. You have to understand that God is working on that person through a lot of. He's he's working on that person in a lot of ways other than just through you. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so, but as a parent, so here's the thing: as a spiritual parent, here's what you're going to learn. The first time you start thinking like a spiritual parent wanting a spiritual parent of others and you've really never done it and you're now getting intentional behind it and you're doing the discipleship grouper or whatever format it looks like for you and you're meeting with somebody and you're helping them grow and uh, oh by the way let me just back up here there are some people who are uh, like Sunday school teachers yeah some of them are spiritual parents agree they're showing it expressing it and they've been teaching this class for 15 years yeah they have shared life. They've journeyed life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you take the mindset up, if you if you call yourself a spiritual parent rather than a Sunday school teacher, all of a sudden you understand what your purpose is. Yes, yes. Sunday school teacher, I'm teaching this lesson. Mm-hmm. Spiritual parent, uh, 
uh-oh, now this class, tech, this this little family in this yes. little classroom, yeah, uh, it's taking on a whole nother meaning. The water just got a whole lot deeper. Uh, the water just got a whole yeah. lot deeper. Yeah, The purpose of it just got completely, okay, so anyway. Um, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to have your first round of kids, you're going to spiritual parent, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But over time, you're going to grow, and you're going to grow because of them. Sure. Okay, because here's the deal. Okay, so here's how here's how you grow from being a spiritual parent. Um, one of my kids named Isaiah. Yeah. He is a philosopher in his thinking process. Yeah. He always asks the questions that I don't have answers for. <laughs> so, uh, but because of that, he caused me to you know start thinking a little bit deeper yeah you know because he would ask questions like you know he'd ask those questions like you know uh why does god hold me accountable for my sin when he allowed sin to begin with mm-hmm. seems like it's his fault not mine sure <laughs> that's a that's a good okay that's a good question it's, it's it's not a bad question it's not, not bad god, to be curious know, about the tough topics yeah, isaiah saying he says, look, God could have stopped sin from coming in. Yeah. He could have just struck Adam and Eve dead. Yep. Or put some kind of wall around that apple anything. tree. Whatever it was. You know, yes. He could have done anything. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he could have taken that, he could have stopped that serpent way before. Oh, yeah. That conversation yeah. never happened. God knew what was going on. Yep. So if he allowed it, why am I held responsible for it? Okay, see, now I want to tell you, that's a tough question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Which would be another podcast, because we're not going to get into that one today. No. But what I'm saying is, that is that was one of those questions that Isaiah brought to the table that we discussed at length many times. Yeah. And, uh, the, and as a spiritual parent, if you're when you're raising, when you're a part of the spiritual journey process for others, that's what's going to happen. Don't be afraid of the questions that are too hard, too deep, that might even make God look bad. Sure. Because yes. the reality is God is not bad. He does not do evil. He's not, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And there is an answer to the question. You may not know the answer, and it right. may take a while to unpack that thing. Right. Uh, but there is an answer to it. And even if there is not an answer to it that suffices, that's okay. Well, in, in the, the process as you... So, you know, the Bible talks about meditating on God. Yeah. So those tough questions and stuff right. like that, you become deeper and grow more because you're wrestling with that. That's right. You know, so it's like maybe the question wasn't what was important. Maybe what you found while researching the question is what's important. Maybe the, the fact that you and your son are having a conversation about right. God really is the purpose here. Yeah, that's right. You know, so it's like, yes, we become yeah. deeper as a result. Yeah, that's exactly right. So as a spiritual parent, there is some benefits for you. This is not um, this is not 100% the spiritual parent doing it all. Well, and I also want to say, you know, so we, we talk about, you know, people are worried like, hey, I'm not good enough or I'm, I'm not ready or anything like that. Right. Okay, so I would challenge the listener who has listened to these podcasts, let's say for the last two to three months, right? right. So when I talk on this podcast and you talk on this podcast, mm-hmm. I think it's very clear that your knowledge is much deeper than mine. And that and that's not, okay. not I, I you know, think. And actually, I want to say this. I, 
I hope it is because I spent a lot of, of money course. And time. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. You go to learn stuff. You but know? so here's the thing. Yeah. So uh, if <laughs> I if I am in any way, shape, or form behaving as a spiritual parent out here in my personal life, then it should be clear that I am still learning. Yeah. And still growing and doing right. all of those things. You know what I'm saying? Come see me in five years. Right. You know, I, I, you know, so, so the idea of I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck getting ready. Right. You know, because part of being ready is understanding that I've got a lot more growth to do. That's right. I'm going to take some responsibility. Yeah. I'm going to be intentional about these things, but I'm also going to acknowledge that I've got a lot of things to learn right. and there's a lot of junk I need to get rid of still. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for these for these spiritual parent types out here that have this desire to help people grow but are scared because they don't know enough, mm-hmm. man, drop that at the door and walk through it. Yeah, just do it. Just walk through it. Yeah. You know, because I'll guarantee you as you walk through it more mm-hmm. and more, you're going to get better and better at it. You know, and, and it's going to be scary. Yes, you it know, is being scary. Being a spiritual parent is scary. Now, okay, so talking about uh, being doing things that are scary or that take boldness or courage or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going to have, you're going to take some, it's going going it takes some courage to walk up to people that you don't know really well. Sure, and say, hey, you want to be a discipleship group or yes, together? You know, God's laid you on my heart, whatever. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. ever how you <clears throat> whatever works for you. Ever how? Ever how? Ever how? <laughs> Sorry, did, did had, I just say that? Had to point it out. Oh, that's funny. Yep, that's yep. funny. I didn't even know I said it. <laughs> Well, ever how? Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, ever how? Anyway. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I remember talking about boldness uh, and doing things that you need to do. Uh, boldness is not the absence of fear. See, this is where a lot of people misunderstand something. Yep. Um, if you're not afraid, you don't need boldness. You don't need courage. Right. Courage and boldness. You that. That is needed when you're afraid to do something that needs to be done. Yes. Okay. Um, I tell that to my so I'm police and fire for right. the listener. I tell that to my guys when I ask them to go into a burning building right. and they haven't done it that much. Right. I it's okay to be scared. Yeah, that's right. Let's yeah. move forward. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that th- there's a lot of principles there because you know a lot of Christians I think are driven by fear, right? Faith, and they, and they will sanctify it. Sure. You know, well, God's not leading me to do that. Well, no, because you're afraid. That's why you're sure. not doing it. There's sure. no God thing here. Yeah, this and is, I've been there myself. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't have peace about doing. I don't think I don't have peace about doing that. No, I think this is what God wants you to do. But yeah, you're afraid. Just, just call it what it is. I am guilty yeah. of making excuses. Right. Too. Yeah. Christians do it all the time. That's absolutely. Part of the process. We yeah. try to rationalize, make ourselves feel better about sure. decisions that we're making that we know are not right. And or we're avoiding something that we need to do that we know God wants to do, but but we're afraid to do. It. All right, so um, I I remember. Okay, I was uh, down in Louisiana. I was I don't know, probably about ten years old. You're down in the state of Louisiana. State. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, all right. There is Louisiana, Missouri. There is. And I mean the state of Louisiana. Down there. Because I live in South. I was raised in South yeah, Arkansas. I, I forgot right. that for yes, a second. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I was raised 15 miles from Louisiana, and that's why my accent oh, okay. is the way it is. I didn't know you were that close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. By the way, North Arkansas. Mm-hmm. The accent is like, "How y'all doing? So good to see y'all, man! What a blessing it is to be. You know, it's a little bit slower. Well, when you go down South Arkansas, it sounds like me." Sure. It's, the accent's there, but everybody talks faster because that Cajun thing kicks in. Yep, yep. Because Cajun, ac- Cajun accent's a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, um, anyway, so um, I was raised down there, and I'm visiting my cousin. He okay. lives down in Louisiana. And uh, we were, during the summer, and I'm spending a few days with him like I did every summer, you know. 
And so uh, we're at the city swimming pool. Okay. They have a high dive. Mm. All right. And so I've never jumped off a high dive before. Yeah. And so uh, Joey, my cousin, he he'd already, you know, he, he goes every day to the swimming pool kind of thing. You know, it's, to him it's no big deal. And uh, uh, and so I'm 10. I, I don't want to be some chicken. Right. You know. What would the girls think? That's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm in line. Yeah. And going up the ladder. You know, and now I'm at the top of the ladder. The person in front of me is my cousin Joey. He jumps. And he jumps off the high dive, does his thing, swims off the side. <clears throat> I climb up on there. I'm on the diving board. It's about 10,000 feet high. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter. Right. That right. thing was up there. Yes. It looks higher up there than it does down here. Amen. Okay. Yes. So I'm on the diving board. I walk out to the edge, and I'm looking, and and I'm thinking about coming back down the Sure. Down board. So yeah. I turn around, and there was this girl. Oh no! At the top of the stair or the step, the ladder, waiting for her turn, and just looking at me. And I'm thinking, oh, I cannot come go past her. This is not. And so then, I see Joy. He's standing on the side of the swimming pool. He's saying, "Come on, John." You could have faked like an appendicitis or something. So I could have faked yeah. death. It did, yeah. you know, uh, trust so, me. I, had, I was thinking all my options here. So Joey's down there not helping. That's right. By yelling, going, come, come on. on. Dump, dump. Yeah. So all of a sudden, when he started yelling, and, and Joey was a popular kid, okay? So okay. he had a lot of friends there. Oh, and okay. So, and now all of a sudden, everybody else is – now. What, here's what – I am not exaggerating. Here's what's happening. Now the lifeguard is like staring at me. Joey's yelling at me couple of his friends are starting to say job you can do it you can do it and now all of a sudden i'm the center of attention because everybody now realizes oh this is his first time to jump off the high dive that's what they're thinking yeah and they were right right all right that's the point of the story so hang on i'm i'm, I'm listening i get to the edge and i've already decided i'm not backing out i'm scared to death I'm thinking I'm going to die, I'm going to yeah. bust it, belly flop it, I'm going to get hurt, whatever. <laughs> On my way down, the pool's going to drain of water, yes. and I'm going to hit the concrete. <laughs> you know, 10-year-old. I'm never going to make it out of this <laughs> yeah, line. Right. This is the end. This is the end. It's been 10 good years. All right. <laughs> That's right. So here's what happened. I jump, boom, in the water. Uh, I come out, and. Uh, and you're ready to go again. I'm ready to go again. My man. So you know what I do? I get up, I go get in line. Yes. Okay, here's the, my point is this. I needed boldness the first time. Mm-hmm. But because of the experience, I didn't need it the second time. Yes. Yes. All right, so here's the deal. When you are a spiritual parent, it's going to be scary. It's going to feel scary. When you intentionally go into the spiritual parenting role of someone and you're doing it intentionally, you know what you're doing, that kind of stuff. And it's going to feel that way the first time, maybe the first couple of times. Sure. And But what's going to happen is somewhere along the way, you're going to not be thinking of and feeling that way. It's really going to be about being a parent. So here's the thing. Um, as a parent uh, who, you know, uh, we've raised for, they're all grown, moved out. I want to tell you, being a parent the second time around is a lot easier than the first time. Sure. 
experience. Know, it, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. And the things that I was concerned about the first time around, I'm not concerned about this time. Sure. And also keep in mind, when you jump off that diving board, mm-hmm. you may belly flop. Yeah, you may. You may. Yeah, that's right. Get up out of the pool and do it uh, again. Oh. Uh, okay. I don't know. how I forgot to write down what time we started, but I'm sure oh, it's no. over an hour. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, but uh, It's got to be. Yeah. Uh, I'm in college. Talking yeah. about boldness and all this kind of stuff yeah. still. Me, okay. I don't know. I can't remember if we were married at this point or not. Anyway, Pam and I, we're in college. It was Pam and I. And some friends of our, uh, ours, uh, Heather and uh, Mike. Okay? okay. Which, they ended up getting married and we got married. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, and we are at the uh, the pool at the college. And two or three other people there. I mean, it was Olympic size type pool, and there was for whatever reason, it was nobody was there, and except for us. And they had like a diving board, and they have a high dive, you know, as well. But we didn't, we, you know, I was jumping on the high dive. But then I had this great idea. I am going to do a backflip off that diving board. <laughs> I love this. I love this because you're only telling the story because it didn't go how you thought it would go, maybe. No. <laughs> yeah. It did not go the way I thought it was going to go. So, Mike's doing it. Yeah. Making it look That's easy. That's the end of the point. Mike's doing it, so Dude, now I have to. I've got to do it because well, yeah. I can't let him outdo me in no. front of my woman. No. That's preposterous. <laughs> crazy. It is That's crazy. crazy thinking. It is. So, anyway. Risk life or limb. That's right. So, uh, the way I remember this going... <laughs> Now, I know I interrupt constantly, but do you not remember because you passed out or got knocked out, or do you not remember because it's been a long time ago? Well, you're about to find out. My man. Um, so I get on the diving board. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I, okay, so I turn around. I'm on the, you know, it's, it's a backflip. Right? Yeah. So I'm standing on the, on the edge of the diving board, and I am, you know, I'm starting to bounce it. Yeah, because I need to. I need Starting to get, to get moment. that momentum. I, I got, I'm, I'm a big fella. Now I was skinny then, but I was still a big fella, you know, back then. Right. And so, um, I let it rip, man. I jumped. <laughs> I'm sweeter. So here's what happened. I already know. I could just envision yeah. this. If I was been just a little faster, just a little faster, I could have made it two flips. Oh, no. So here's what happened. I am flipping around, and as I'm coming around, the first thing that hits the pool is my face. Bam! And you've got the momentum from the flip just power slamming your face into the water. It's like hitting concrete. Yes. Yes. Uh, I come out of the water. My face is hurting. I swim over to the side, and Pam says, uh, I think we need to go. <laughs> You're clearly not husband material because you couldn't uh-uh. get that double no. backflip. Now, okay, okay, so, uh, you know, I, now, okay, I, I guess we were, we were, we were married. Oh, okay. Now, now as I'm telling the story, because I didn't tell the story, like, I mean, literally, I've not even thought about the story probably for 20 years. I'm glad to. We were able to dredge yeah, this, it up. This bolt jumping off the diving board, yes. bolt thing. Yeah. So I go, we go back to our house. That's right. Yeah, we have, we have, we're living in a house in Bolivar. Uh, we're still in college. And 
we go back and Pam uh, pulls out of like the freezer, like like a bag of peas or something. Yeah, I've got two black eyes. Oh no! What did you hit? Just the water blackened the water. your eyes. Bam! Wow. Now, I, okay, I, I want to tell you there. Oh, um, I bet that was bad. It was. Yeah. Oh, it was hurt. I was hurt, man. There's not no belly flop. When she said, "We need to go," it's yeah. because it's it, not she because like I'm it. embarrassed. It's you're injured. Yeah, you're injured. Yeah, yeah you're hurt. Yeah, yeah. So um, now there are times where you are going to do something for the first time, and I, mm. I was a little nervous about it, but I thought I could do it. To be honest with you. Sure. You, you know? probably likened back to when you were 10 and yeah. boldness and yeah. I got this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And so, uh, be honest with you, when I was younger, I mean, I'm, I mean, like younger, younger, like 13, 14, 15, I could do a flip. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And somewhere along the way, I lost it. <laughs> I was to say, I could also run quite a ways when <laughs> yeah, I was right. younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So, but anyway, um, and there are times where you're going to be on the diving board and you may do this backflip thing. Sure. Okay. Yep. Uh, jump off the high dive, whatever. And you may bust it. You may be embarrassing. It's not going to be pretty, but you know what? Uh, that's okay. Yeah. You know? Show uh, up with two black eyes. Show up with two black eyes. Yeah. Who cares? And you, and then someday later, you can tell the story on a podcast. Yes. And it'll be an object lesson. Yes. And and you realize, you know what? I survived it, and uh, I, I'm not doing the backflip again. Well, and, but yeah. but the, the main, like, just keep pushing forward yeah yeah whether that's with two black eyes or not just right. keep pushing forward you'll get better at it yeah you will and the thing is you also learn as a spiritual parent what you're not good at correct you say ah uh, you know i don't think we need to maybe i won't be the backflip guy i won't be the backflip guy yeah I'll, I'll be the high dive i'll jump off the, the high dive foot for feet yes first. the you know, pencil I'm, move that's right i'll be that guy be you that be guy. the backflip guy because that's, right. that's that's where you... That's right. Yeah, that, that's your strength. And some guys are the cannonball guy off, yep. the, off the concrete. Yeah, absolutely. Some okay. guys are, are, are doing the can opener. Mm -hmm. Some guys are really good at different things. And you know what? What's yeah. cool is, is God made everybody that's a right. little bit different right. and a little bit able to, to fill in those mm -hmm. needs. Yeah. So, you know, go ahead and, and it's okay to imitate people. Yeah. And I do think imitation does help you define... Some things you're good at. Yes. And some things that you're not so good at. Absolutely. And as you grow, you kind of figure out your niche. Yeah. Your style, your shape, you know. Yes. Uh, if you will. And um, uh, I think that as a spiritual parent, now, now we're going to start wrapping this up, but here's the thing. I think that as a spiritual parent, those who are listening, uh, there's somebody out there who needs you desperately to be their spiritual parent oh yeah i, I have zero doubt of yeah. that i i believe that that is just absolute truth right and i am convinced there is a timothy out there that needs a paul yes there is you know there is a uh, you know there's a julie out there that yep. needs a mary yep okay i mean they, they there's some people out there that need i mean when you look at what's what's strange and not strange what's wonderful about the bible is when you look through the bible you find these uh Lone Ranger Tonto relationships all through it. Absolutely, Elijah and Elisha. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, and you just got you got this weird dynamic going on over and over again. And then, you know, even within the disciples, you know, uh, he, Jesus sent them out two by two. You know, that kind of thing. But yeah. Jesus, Jesus was a spiritual parent, and he had twelve children. Sure. Okay. Sure. And um, that eventually became spiritual parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and the thing is. One of them, well, one of them didn't make it. One of them did sure. not become a spiritual parent. Sure. 
And you're going to have that. Well, yeah, you're going to have that. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you know, we're, we're humans. Mm-hmm. And, so I would, and, here's the, and here's the thing. I think, now we got to keep this in mind, I, and you know, don't compare yourself to Jesus. Right. Okay, you're just going to fall short. <laughs> Real short. Okay, he had 12. One of them did not end well. Sure. Disciples, you know. And uh, here's the thing. If you were discipling those 12, I think there'd probably be more than one that would have bailed out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. So keep that in mind. So if you're saying, man, I've already gone through, I've already tried to disciple 12 guys and only four of them made it. Only four of them really were success. The other just dropped out for blah, blah. Uh, that's four that weren't there. Think about the impact that those four yeah. can have for yeah. the kingdom of God. Yeah, what go- are we here to do? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, keep so, first things first. Yeah. So as a spiritual parent, keep these things in mind. Take a look at these two uh, key scriptures. And there's some things we didn't get into. There's a lot more to this. And, you know, and uh, this is one of those things that I wish I wish I had more time to write because I need to get that other book done. Yeah. So I can get to writing because I'm thinking I really want to write a book on these five stages. I mean, I know the book that we went through included it in there. Sure. Sure. But. But mm-hmm. it didn't. It didn't look at a lot of these verses that we talked exactly. about. Exactly. You know, I want to look at it from a, a straight up biblical perspective. Yep. What does the Bible say Think about it? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And which uh, is always the key. Yeah. What does the Bible say? Yeah. And there's other stuff out there that's pretty good. Sure. On some of this, but I think. But I'm a writer. I like to write. I think. I think better when I'm writing. All that kind of stuff. And so. Uh, uh, all right. So here's what we're at. We're going to wrap it up here uh, on this note, <clears throat> and. Uh, uh, Next time, um, I've got some ideas that we're going to talk, some stuff we're going to talk about. We're still talking about discipleship stuff. Yeah. But um, uh, I don't want to say what it's going to be because sure. I haven't nailed it quite down yet. Because, you know, discipleship's a huge subject. Absolutely. There's it a is. lot of ways to Well, do whatever it is. I mean, look. It's going to be good. Well, it, I mean, was there any <laughs> doubt? Well, here's what I know for sure. Whatever yeah. it is, it's going to be something that somebody needs to hear. Oh, that's true. I know that for a yeah, fact. That's right. Yeah. You know? That's right. Uh, oh, by the way, I did notice that on uh, Facebook, uh, well, we sort of have two producers now. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which I, you know, we've upgraded. Yes. They don't know they're producers. <laughs> they do now. But we call them that, as yeah. I call them that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Chris Creech, obviously. Yes. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and, well, this guy named Nick. Yeah. So he does some of the stuff. He puts some stuff on Facebook, social media promotes, you know what I'm saying? Does he do the shorts and those sorts of things? Yeah, all those video shorts you see. Yeah, those are good. That's Nick. Yeah, Yeah, he's doing a great job. Yeah, from like Sunday morning stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's Nick. And uh, he's done a few from the podcast. Okay. So there's not there's not really any video. He'll he does a video with it, but it's because we don't video our podcast. Right. Anyway, I have noticed that uh, uh, I saw one the other day where uh, it's somewhere, some podcast where you and I, we're talking about the purpose of it. And it's a little, it's a little audio clip of us talking about the purpose of the conversations. And it's about l- having people listening. This is what a godly, this is what a godly conversation can sound like. Yeah. You know, yeah. a Christian conversation about biblical subjects, you know. I'm just so thankful yeah. I get to be part of it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, it, it Yeah. And actually, you know who the featured voice was? It was yours. Oh, yeah, but I just talk really loud and a lot. Yeah, I said something, and then it was pretty much it was all you after that. Yeah, but I just ramble on. So it's it's, it's hard to get a clip where I'm not talking (laughs) or where I'm not trying to feature myself, you know, so... (laughs) 
Okay. Right on. Yeah, I said it. You didn't, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I do have people who uh, who comment about our podcast, and they do like it. So, uh, And if you're if you're one of those people, uh, share it. You know, we, you know, yeah. if you find this helpful and entertaining and encouraging, educational, you know, whatever it is that, you know, you're, you're, you're picking up stuff from it. Um, oh, by the way, I want to address something. There is, okay, you remember sometime back I uh, made a comment about, hey, if you want, got some input? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so we got some. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them was uh, about uh, we chase rabbits too much. That's fair. That's fair. That is a fair criticism. But then they added this. However, most of the rabbits are very good. They're, they're needed. So I, I'm not sure what to do with that. Sure. Because, okay, we do chase rabbits. Yeah. But they end up usually being a point, illustrate something. They're insightful somehow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so here's my conclusion on that. I thought, you know what? We're just going to keep chasing rabbits. Yeah. You know? Well, we'll do, uh, yeah, we'll do the best we can. You know, That's we try right. to stay on topic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, generally the, the rabbits, right. you know, have, have some relevancy. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say every time. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes and, uh, it's just out of left field. Right. And I had somebody else make a com- another comment was, uh, and this was a conversation I had with somebody. And they said, uh, they said how, long do y- how long are your podcasts? They're new to our podcast. Yeah. How long are your podcasts? I said, well, right now they're about an hour and a half. Yeah. Give or take. See, I think our longest one is hour and 40 minutes. And uh, this one could be two hours. I, I mean, I really don't ha- I have a clue to how, when we got started. Right. I, I forgot to write down. But uh, um, they said, that, well, um, I, I think you need to stay on point more. And I said, well, I said, well, okay. I said, what do you think the purpose of the podcast is? And we talked about that a little bit. I said, well, I said, maybe this will help you. I said, well, I said, the way we're doing our podcast is, uh, it's called Conversations. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. so it's not a lecture. This is not like a Bible class where a professor right. is lecturing and you're taking notes. Uh, this is not a sermon, okay, which we provide those. Um, uh, and most podcasts, not all of them, but most podcasts are conversationally oriented. Sure. Not just ours, but others. Right. You know, uh, I mean, they have their stuff they're walking through and they're talking to. They got their agenda, you know, and they're talking about stuff. And they get side. I said, so really what you're listening to is that you're actually listening to Billy and I talk about what are the subject is at hand. Sure. And you're just listening In a to way it. that we would talk about it if the That's microphones right. yeah. were we're not We're literally on. just turning mics on in front of us. Yeah. Is what we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, that seemed to help her. She said, huh. I said, I said, I said, because this is apples and oranges. Oh, well, so, yeah, that was good clarification yeah. of what the purpose yeah. of what we're here doing is. Because it does, it reminds me that, you know, if you go into a movie expecting something yeah, and you don't get it, even though it was a good movie, uh, you still kind of leave wanting. Yeah, you're, like, disappointed somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not what I expected, you know. And um, and I think if, if for some of the listeners, again, we're only talking a couple of comments there. When, you know, right. Like, yeah. But... Um, but then the person who, uh, who 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 I was talking to, they did, and they know that we're in the top twenty five percent according to our producer. <laughs> and so I said, I don't know if you can trust anything that yeah, guy says. says I don't know, <laughs> but that's what he says. So, right. uh, but she did say, but she said, but she says, well, you must be doing something right because you're in the top twenty five percent. Boom. And I said, well, that's true. See, and what a great feeling 
no matter what top 25%, all I care about yeah. is if this thing catches any traction at yeah. all, yeah. all I care about is, is that that means there's more people listening to a couple of Christians just talk about God. Right. It's like, make no mistake. Yeah. That, that is, that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. So, yeah. And there's a lot of podcasts out there that is entertaining, but junk. Sure. I mean, it's just like, dude. Sure. What's up with that? Mm -hmm. You spend an hour and a half listening to that, you'll be kidding me. Right. You know, and so, um, um, and I, hopefully this helps people, you know, just to process, talk about stuff. You know, this one lady told me I was when she was listening to it. She said she actually pulls out her notepad and takes notes. Oh, that's cool. Well, see, for me, it's like even if you, for however long, if you're meditating on God, mm -hmm. man, that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, that it's what we're here to do. Uh, that's what man, we're let's. Here to do. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's right. You know, we're thinking about and talking about yeah. and working through God stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My hope is is that the listener, even if they just are doing that while they're listening. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.